0: Hello, and welcome to Building Brand You, the show where we help you to accelerate your success, getting you more clients, more revenue, more business, and more opportunities by unlocking your greatest asset, you. My name is Kim Hamer. I'm an international business coach, a recognized global expert on leadership, visibility, and personal branding, and I designed this podcast for you to help you unlock what you already have and to give you a whole host of tools and techniques that you can implement in order to accelerate your success and build your own brand You. So let's unlock this episode and lift the lid on what's next in building brand You. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special feature length episode of Building Brand You. Today, I am delighted to welcome my special guest, Simon Boyle. Simon is a prominent social entrepreneur, award-winning chef and author based here in London in the UK. He's the founder of pioneering concepts tackling social issues through food and is an innovative public figure who inspires businesses and individuals to do social good. Simon's varied career has seen him appear on Dragon's Den, become the first culinary ambassador for Unilever and establish the Beyond Food charity, which uses food as a catalyst for social change. Simon has been recognised by many prestigious awards, including special recognition for his relief work in London during the COVID-19 pandemic by the Basque Culinary World Prize in 2020, and the Extra Mile Award by the food service Katie's in 2018. In 2017, Simon became a Fellow of the Royal Academy of Culinary Arts. And if you're looking to meet Simon for yourself and find out more about what he does, I can think of no better way than walking through the doors of the Brigade restaurant in 2 Street, London. It is an extraordinary example of how our entrepreneurship and vision can help to make an impact on the community around us. I hope you enjoy this extraordinary conversation with the wonderful Simon Boyle. Hello, Simon. Thank you for joining me on the Building Brand New Podcast. How are you today?
1: I'm good, Kim. Thanks for inviting me on. I'm excited and and nervous in equal measure.
0: Oh, I'll be gentle. I promise. I promise. I'll try and make this fun as well. Simon, you and I met actually just before the COVID pandemic. Isn't it? We we were having all sorts of discussions about how we might create some stuff together, do some stuff together. And um, it's taken us a few years with a little bit of a pause in between. But I'm really thrilled we have finally gotten you to building Brand you. It will be um, a little bit of a different um, episode I think today because you are a social entrepreneur, you've done all sorts of things across your career or various careers. Instead of me introducing you, um, I think you'll do a much better job of telling your story. So I'm going to hand the mic over to you and say to you, Simon Boyle what's your story who are you
1: (laughs) well hello everyone who's listening and um yeah Simon Boyle and I always start this by saying I was born a chef when I was seven years old I realized that cooking was was a really fun activity and when I cooked my family would get around the table and eat whatever I'd cooked if it was some dodgy old biscuits or whatever um By the time I was 11, I much preferred to run home and peel potatoes and make mashed potato for shepherd's pie than I did for my, uh, you know, to do my homework. So it was pretty obvious that that was where my heart was. Uh, When I was 13, I read a book about the Savoy Hotel. And I was very lucky to say that when I was 17 years, I started work there as an apprentice. So very focused um, and had a great family really supportive, although I was a bit of a challenge, uh, not too much of a naughty boy, but a challenge all the same. Um, and then when I went to the Savoy and I started um, an, uh, an apprenticeship with the Royal Academy of Culinary Arts, I started to flourish and I started to realise that actually, uh, when inspired, one can do. Um, and so really, I sort of had worked out the first 16 years of my life as was my schooling wasn't very inspirational and it wasn't me that was at fault so that's kind of an interesting point Mm. um from the Savoy I decided very quickly that I wanted my own business um so I decided that every job I would have would be entirely different now in the chef world that's not normal so what a chef would normally do is kind of pigeonhole themselves into a a genre of cooking so that might be Michelin star restaurants it might be hotels it could be you know sort of um, corporate hospitality or whatever but I decided not to do that so I went and did a range of jobs Um, probably on average probably every two to three years some of them were a bit longer I eventually found myself sorry I'll give you a quick synopsis so I worked in a beautiful country house hotel with a Michelin star restaurant I worked in a, a country hotel but it was concentrated on banqueting up in the Cotswolds um, I worked in a, another Michelin star restaurant, but in a, tiny restu- in a tiny restaurant with a tiny number of bedrooms. Um, I worked for Moserman. um, He's a very famous Swiss chef. Um, and I ran his consultancy and his cookery school. Um, and I eventually uh, also worked on a couple of cruise ships and I worked for a Saudi prince. So quite a broad spectrum. Um, I eventually took a job with Unilever. And that job was uh, originally was about being their executive sort of development chef. So that was kind of working with marketing briefs on product development. I'd never done it before. I'd always fancied doing it. So I took the job on and after I stayed there for three years, which was quite a long time. And during that time, um, I started to become a real pain to them because... (laughs) Because there were these crazy briefs, but my, so I was getting amazing briefs, but they're, you know, new type, new product development. But I worked for the development team. So the new pro you know, the kind of the technical team. And of course the technical team, they're full of experts and people that really know what they're doing that didn't like the briefs because they're not technically possible. And so I started to be in this very strange situation. I was creating what I call gold standard benchmarks. So it was like, amazing products but technically impossible um and so I started to be a bit of a negative equity there um and I actually moved over to to the the marketing team because actually my creativeness was actually much better in creating even wilder projects <laughs> and then because I was a chef I could then help the technical team kind of pull them up to me if you like not being pulled down by them so that was kind of interesting, and I started to learn with to work with corporates at that stage. So it was kind of interesting. Anyway, when this, when um, a couple of years later, so it's now five years or so, I started to think, well, I needed to start working on my own business. So I created a kind of if you like a weekend business. So um, I bought a really great four by four. I filled it full of pots and pans. I started to cook for people at the weekends, uh, parties, and so on. And I started to build a company called Beyond Boil. And the idea was, you know, to to go back to where I was as a kid, you know, cooking, getting people around the table, um, and it started being, it was really, really interesting. And I eventually, I uh, grew out of my garret garage, um, and then took on a farm, an old chicken farm, and I dry lined the walls, created a private dining room, a kitchen, and, a, and an office space. And and um, what I thought I was going to do was pull um, local people into into my what I called the chicken shed. That didn't happen. (laughs) locals did not understand it. Um, But what did happen is I started to get huge corporate companies wanting to escape from their their own four walls and think differently and use food as a way of doing that. And so it was kind of interesting. So my tagline was bringing people together through food. Um, I would cook with them. I would have a different conversation. I'd almost facilitate it. Um, and we, I started to have some really amazing effects. So my best example is Richard Branson. I had Richard Branson there with his, all of his um, management team right across all the businesses. And they had had some kind of breakdown of communication and through cooking, I remember it distinctly four in the morning, no one leaving and, and and you know, still, still talking, going back into the kitchen, fixing up some cheese and going back out and continuing the conversation. Um, so I was kind of balancing between Bon be on Ball and the in the weekends, and also uni in the day in the weekdays, and then the tsunami happened. So 2004, we're all watching the TV, and um, the same as everybody, you know, shocked um, at the at the news headlines. And as it started to kind of develop, the the, the story started to develop throughout the day and, and evening. So realizing just how massive it was, um, and how much of an effect it was having, particularly around the coastal areas. Now having worked on ships, having met many people um through my kind of life on ships, which was you know quite a few years, I realized that I kind of wanted to do something. I felt very lucky because my I had a baby boy at the time and um and I just felt like I needed to do something. Of course, everyone at home was like, Yes, do something, thinking I'd probably spit fifty quid into the D C or something. And of course I sat up all night and I bought an airplane ticket to Sri Lanka. Wow. Uh, not the smartest move in the world, you might say. Um, Unilever were brilliant because Unilever kind of got really got behind me, and they, in fact, I took uh, you know um, boxes and boxes and boxes of of Unilever products with me. I got to the airport in in Colombo and uh, met a bunch of people, and um, one of the people I met was a photographer, and he uh, had been down to just past as a, 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 a kind of a, a tourist village called Hicadua and Hikadu had had a, um, there's a, a tiny a part of it called Peralia, and a train was traveling through Peralia. It's a very poor area when the tsunami came in, and it and it washed over and through the train. There was two and a half thousand people on the train. It's the largest natural train disaster in the world to this day. Um, and then because of the shape of the land, just to make it even worse, it came back. And um, the, it, about five and a half thousand people died in total in and around Paralier. So, the, my new mates that I'd met in the airport, and uh, we hired a van. We jumped in the van, we put all of our stuff in, and and we headed down there. And uh, we created a relief camp. Effectively, we helped an awful lot of people. A lot of people had vanished into the forests. Um, we uh, the Italian government had um put the army, based the army there, and they had buried. Most of the people in the into the sand dunes um and then they'd gone on to go and help more and so what they had left was a devastating need for first aid and and um, a lot of um, very very vulnerable and upset and displaced people um anyway, to cut a long story short, I was there for about twelve weeks. I came back, and then it was decision time do you just carry on with your life as it was working? on, you know, on uh, product development and 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 cooking for wealthy people at the weekends? Well, of course, no, is is the answer. So I kind of sat down, was very freely speaking to to the people that I work with at Unilever to say, look, I just can't do this anymore. I've got to do something different. And Unilever being the company that it is, uh, we're like, okay, well, let's help. So they gave me six months. They gave me a new job. I became their culinary ambassador. Um, I started I was given a soapbox of which to kind of kind of talk to Unilever in the way that I felt was important you know the fact that you know it's a global business and actually that we shouldn't be shouldn't be uh, selling products that aren't good for people so we started a really interesting kind of turn for Unilever I'm not saying I was the, the only person in that but it was certainly someone that was given free speech and as a chef in a food business that's quite a Quite a good thing. Mm. Uh, I then I went down to three days and started to to kind of research what I would do with my kind of career going forward, and that was very much about. Uh, I relaunched Beyond Boyle. I went into the Soho. I uh, I found an old hostel that had been a, a sheltering battered women and um, displaced women, um, which had been closed down. A beautiful building in in Soho. I I got a short term lease and I turned turned it into a pop-up event space and then employed every single woman that had been turned away from that place because since it was closed. Sixty-nine ladies. Um wow. I taught them how to cook, how to serve, how to market, how to and we created an amazing event space. Um I started to employ more people and um and I started um what I didn't realize was I thought it was going to be a kind of a year long project. Um, and that was in 2005. Um, and now, as you know, we've kind of expanded that. We, we actually left, left there after 18 months and, um, I developed a new business and new and I split the, so the chip, the the business of beyond boil, I split, I renamed it beyond food. I had an events company called beyond food limited and a charity called beyond food foundation um eventually um to go into the new building fully and i wanted to i wanted a a new building that was purpose built which is very rare in london mm. to be able to do such a thing uh, i had worked out that i wasn't equipped enough so i wasn't an expert enough at running a business so i um i decided to partner up with pwc. Now shortly before that I will tell you a funny story <laughs> because <laughs> Um partly why I got to that stage is because I I I wasn't brilliant at running a business. I mean I I had all the ideas and I could facilitate an operation, it was just brilliant. But I used to kind of really clash between my social objectives and my and my sort of business acumen. Um so I ended up um to finance the new restaurant, I ended up going on to Dragon's Den. Wow. Yeah yeah i it was um i hadn't planned it um but it <laughs> but, <laughs> but I got, when when i eventually did speak to the tv researchers that sort of researched the, the participants i suddenly got really into it and i partly had to do that because i was cuz cuz the business you know you have to develop a lot of cash to open you know to to launch a new building yep. so eventually i um i went on the show you can check it out on youtube um yep. Uh, I didn't get any money. Um, they loved loved what I did. They loved the idea that we I was using a building uh, um, to help people and to take uh, people that are very vulnerable and be able to use my skills as a chef and hospitality and the events company to transform the way that they uh, were living their lives. And, of course, Dragon's Den is all about profit-led investment. And I was not about profit. In fact, I wasn't making any money. <laughs> <laughs> so I um I and it was a great debate, and they all loved me. In fact, I made Deborah Meaden cry. Um, I took a guy who had um, unfortunately served a, a, a very lengthy ser- a time in prison for murdering his brother, um, and I, when he came out after eighteen years, um, I taught him how to, to make bread and and he became a baker in, in, in the business, um, because people need not just one chance, but they need several chances, yeah. in my opinion,
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and just if anyone uh, felt that that was a bad thing to do, you know, at the end of the day, if you serve your time and you come out, you can't, you have to work, you can't not work, because the state will not support you forever, yeah. so that's why I believe it, actually. Mm. So, I also
0: think there's something about human dignity to be contributing and productive and, and feeling like you're part of society versus being sorry. separate from it.
1: Well, being excluded from anything is, is very uncomfortable, but being mm. excluded from society is actually a devastating thing. And it forces people to do things that they wouldn't normally do, mm. my experience. Yes, I did Dragons Den. I didn't get the money I needed. I I found a very I was very fortunate that somebody was watching the show, an investor who um, actually believed in what I was trying to achieve. He did give me the money. He didn't take any equity of the of the organisation, and we worked together for quite a long time to try to find the next thing. And and um, the next thing happened to be an old fire station in the city. Um, just in, it's on 2D Street, just near London Bridge um pwc the the auditing and accountancy firm was building their head office behind us and so this kind of very meeting of very two very, very different worlds came where um pwc were thinking about what to do with this old fire station that sat in, in front of their building not wanting mcdonalds in there or something uh, and then this social entrepreneur chef um with with some really great ideas but not a lot of experience came along um I told uh two lies that day (laughs) (laughs) so the first one was um because I could feel the opportunity you know when you just I could just sense this is this amazing thing yeah um and so I rang up somebody I knew that worked for the um the Department of Work and Pensions sorry the DCLG the uh, Department of um communities and local government and i said you're never going to guess what pwc have just asked me to open this restaurant in an old fire station in front of their building um but i'm going to need to go in with some money you know so have you got anything (laughs) you know it's going to be amazing we're going to employ homeless people going to get them off the street we're going to train them and we're going to blah 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 and he said, oh, it's so difficult, Simon. You know, there's not a lot of money around it. The, the most I could give you is 800,000. So I said, I'll call you back. Um, so I then called my contact at PwC and said, you know, we've been talking about the fire station. You, you never guess what. The DCLD had just called me up and they said, if I could find a unique space and bring in a corporate partner, they'd give me 800,000 pounds. And that would so it was a bit crafty, a little bit of a white lie. And then I had a very tense two weeks of bringing both parties together, where I eventually did have to go, you know, I'm really sorry, guys, but <laughs> I have to fess up. Yeah. Uh, anyway, as it happened, we then started the most unique partnership. Mm. So we've now been uh, we renamed the business, uh, called, it's now called uh, Brigade. It's a, it's a community interest company. It's actually um, actually belongs now to PWC. It's um, the Beyond Food. Um, community interest company and it has two arms to it it has the check the restaurant which is a social enterprise which no one takes any profit out of Um, and we have the beyond food foundation which is a registered charity very independent but working in complete partnership with pwc and brigade and we also have a third partnership which is with uh, cs's and they have a management contract to help us run it and make it a brilliant brilliant place to be um we're now in our 12th year so we opened in in september 11th on uh, 2010 sorry 2011 and it's an extraordinary place you've been there you've you've spoken there you've supported people there i've Um, had lunch there there. (laughs) it's lovely (laughs) (laughs) um it's it's an amazing place but it's it's always a challenge there it's there's always something going on which is new and and challenging and um to date, Beyond Food has supported and inspired and employed um, over 7,000 people, um, and many of them, uh, well, I, actually, um, many of them are, are are doing fantastic things. Out of the, it's about 2,500 people have gone through their main engagement program called Fresh Life, 86% of those people are working still after two years, which is extraordinary. Um, and out of our own apprentices we're at something like 92% are the longest serving person in their kitchen or in their restaurant after two years so that means the turnover of staff is way higher than our turnover of our own people because what we have created is um, people that are loyal people are hardworking, people are committed and mm. that they might lack experience but what they have is a huge amount of um, loyalty because of the opportunity we've given them and yeah. obviously employers then you know that for what they lack in experience they then train them up and they, yeah. they however so after after over a decade of being at brigade and beyond food the partnership um beyond food this year did um change its strategy so it was always about um homelessness and inspiring futures beyond homelessness um and we have decided that um, that we should work with people that are younger, and we should try and prevent homelessness, um, and our new strategy is is very much about helping all people that are unraveled and I use that term unraveling a lot at the moment because i I believe um, so many people unravel and with and, and some people have the right support, and they have great families and friends and employers, and so on, but so many people don 't, and what happens over time. Um, they lose the grip of life and they're kind of and, and before you know it actually it's very very difficult to stand on your own two feet and be able to move on so beyond food is it's almost becoming a um a mental health charity in some ways mm. because it but, but it's using hospitality to inspire to 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 skill up and to train and then to find people full-time employment and it's it's an amazing thing I'm trying to think if I've said everything. I don't know.
0: <laughs> That's all right. If, if anything else comes up, you can just add it as we go along. I mean, what an amazing story. I think what, what has really struck me, and we've talked about this before we we came on the, we just agreed to do the podcast, was, you know, your clear golden thread. So food right from the start. And when you think about all of the things you've done, it's been about connecting food and people, whether it's, you know, with your chicken shed and the, that, wanting to connect with the locals and not really doing it, but how you know, how do I use food to connect people in some way? So um that it's just a um a golden thread through your whole story, I think. And then yeah. it, it's really interesting when we have these epiphany moments that really push us into what it is we really want to do. So you would kind of doing that before the tsunami, but all of a sudden seeing this this disaster and and what impact it was having and how unravelled people were by it has sort of shifted your trajectory and you know you've you started to go down a, a different path and I love I'm going to ask you about um, Unilever and P, PwC in a minute but I love that that you really shifted and and took on the new mm-hmm. path um and then even now thinking about you know, your shifting in strategy and and what your what you're trying to do. It's not about the strategy being endless and the purpose being really defined. It's emergent and it's emerging with circumstances. Um, I mean, COVID must have been a particularly trying time, not just for people, but for you trying to reach people to help the disenfranchised and the unraveled and those that were struggling and and on their own without support. I think it's always really interesting to have a conversation when we're entrepreneurs, particularly in, in social enterprise, how we work with corporates, I mean you've had the experience of working with a big global corporation like Unilever um, in your wheelhouse of food and then you've also had the experience of working with PWC as saying, "I want to partner with you to learn more about how I can how I can grow my business." So what do you think were the keys to actually finding perhaps the right partners and or how you navigated working with that? that mindset given you are I think you are clearly a very entrepreneurial thinker and doer um
1: it's been an interesting one you know because I'd like to say it was really planned and I was you know, deeply intelligent and um had you know had worked out that you know I had something to offer them because I, I but I didn't know that but now I know that um mm. I know that you know it's a very to be in a big corporation is it's a very slow moving um thing but but they have a huge amount of financial and influential and positional kind of power and recently i somebody was talking to me about my own style of leadership and and the, those things i you know they've got me i i can't do anything about those things what i have and i was told recently is i have moral leadership i have this moral power because i i live every day with my north star being my beneficiaries and food, um, and the mechanism around it, and nothing doesn't matter how big a corporation, how big the partner or stakeholder is, nothing will stop me doing what I'm going to do. I think what we've done is together we work, we found a way of working together. So actually, we all bring something that's very different, an expertise, a level, or a sense of experience that that each of us can't bring. So by working together actually, we can make something amazing. I don't think I would have ever made Brigade successful without PwC. Um, I tried. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, and, but, but together, and I don't believe that they, they're not a restaurant company. That's not what, the, you know, they don't have a restaurant because they were, you know, desperate to serve people food. They wanted oh. to make change. In that area, they didn't know how to make change. They had to meet me to to kind of bring that idea to them. Mm. Uh, and together we have done it and even last night we had a we have a kind of a partner's dinner and we we all sit around and we were collaborating and working on how we're going to work together next year and that might come because I might you know get frustrated and oh we, we need to do this and we need to do that or it might be that they're saying Simon you know actually how are we going to help more people next year and what's the problems and can we help with the challenges? And and we then work together on it. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's something very unique. And I, we always thought that when we did brigade that people would look in and then emulate what we're doing, not open loads of restaurants, but, but do similar things. That's not really happened. I mean, there's been a few, but not, not the scale that we thought COVID has made a big difference in the corporate world because everyone is now going, right, what's our social agenda? Not just CSR. Where are mm. you buy your pencils? You know, you yeah. should be buying your pencils from the right place, let's be honest. And you shouldn't be knocking trees down and all that kind of stuff. But what are you doing that is act- actively making a difference in the community? Yep. Your customers want to know, your people want to know, you know, your shareholders will want to know, and, and you better be doing something that's positive, because if you're not, you will kind of, I think people, think, you know, larger companies will will decline if they're not careful. Mm. Uh, on the other flip side, gosh, you know, we're a small charity. You know, we ha- we literally can't, we don't have the resource to do everything we want to do. So therefore, gosh, are we reliant on corporates? And and what Beyond Food has done is, it, and it, obviously it has PwC and and we now work with uh, CSEs, as you know, but we also have been partnering up with um, an events company called Crem Conferences, and they are reaching out to corporates on our behalf and bringing them in. And we are working together on their events and we're creating social purpose and social value by working together on events. So, yes, they need hospitality and they need to get together and network and, and engage with each other. But they now do it through Beyond Food and Beyond F- and Brigade, obviously. And together we're, tr- we're creating another set of partnerships, which making a, a huge difference. What do they get out of it? Sometimes people just don't know how to help people mm. and be a great conduit to help help companies with that challenge. And of course, they go away having, having done a, a very unique event with us, having worked with our beneficiaries side by side, usually mm. involving food, of course. Um, they go back to their homes or back to their office. They're different people. Um, mm. They've been touched in a very different, significant way. And of course, from our beneficiaries point of view, our trainees point of view, they've got to pass over the skills that they're learning at Brigade. And that feels really great. And Mm. so that empowers them to when we put them into into their full time job at the end of our process, they can do the job because they've done these extraordinary things. It's a Mm. great thing.
0: Yeah, that leads me on to, I, was, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about um, the Fresh Life program itself. I mean, I've spoken to a couple of your, your Fresh Life cohorts, um, but it's been going for much longer than I've been involved. And I just want to read you something. I found it on your website, so you probably know what it is. I was reading a quote uh, from um, one of the people who'd been through the program. Three and a half years ago, I was homeless. Now I'm working at the Dorchester. That's something I couldn't have ever Dreamed about how does it make you feel when you hear that
1: uh, I've got I've got where well, you can see it, I've got a big smile on my face yeah
0: yeah
1: <laughs> I, I I'll give you one that's up to date okay um so, where's well, the story really but yesterday I was in the restaurant i'd been I'm working with an organization that's like a leadership organization um who's coming to brigade yeah. for an event I'm, I'm talking about you know what we're gonna how we're going to we're gonna do this piece of work together and stuff so we're talking about that. Um, and to, and kind of reminding them that, you know, it's we're about real people and real change. And we've got in the back of the brigade now and all of the walls, we've got these panels and we've got these amazing photographs of of individuals. And they're, it's really close. And you can see every line on the face and you can see the challenge that they've gone, had to go through to get to where they are. They're beautiful pictures. Mm. Um, and one of the guys is on the wall happens to walk through the door I haven't seen him for a year well no six months I'd say i would forgotten where he was because I'm busy and I've just got this warm smile and I give him a big hug and he gives me a big hug and he just said I was walking past I wanted to say thank you and just give you an update and he'd been working up at the livery, the fishmonger delivery company and um, and he's just his life has completely changed mm. um, and he, he, he could never have imagined himself being able to do what he's doing. Yeah. He's actually earning he's earning a lot of money actually because there's <laughs> a need for chefs. Yeah. You
0: know?
1: And he's he has a full time job but he's also because we introduced him to to Fishmongers which are a great supporter of us, he's ex he's doing extra hours, he's working at the weekends, he's he's prospering, you know he's not yeah. just he's not just getting through, he's actually doing well.
0: Yeah. And yeah.
1: The Dorchester one is an interesting one because we've used the Dorchester a few times. Um, We've currently got a lady there called Forzia. And Forzia was living in Pakistan. She was in a a very, very disturbing marriage. Uh, Her husband was treating her very badly. She had two young girls. In the middle of the night, she found she was brave and she picked the girls up with one bag and and left. She had family here in the UK. She got to the UK and they didn't want to help her. She ended up on the street. She ended up drinking. And really struggling, and with the girls, um, Forzia is now the longest-serving chef at the Dorchester. She's a she's a junior sous chef. She's incredibly bright and creative, and her both her girls have gone through university, and are both working full time. and And it is not all about what Beyond Food has done uh, or, or Brigade, but it's but together with Forzia, she has transformed her life. Mm. Um, that is, you know, it is incredible, and so the Dorchester has been an interesting place for us. I'd say, yeah, we're not just trying to get people at the top end of the market. That is not mm. all we do. If if somebody joins us and works in a, a local café and, and makes amazing coffee, that's equally good. If someone just manages to to get through the day, it's um, yeah. also good. You know, Ooh. I mean. It's
0: really, there's lots of stuff. I've got a thousand stories. Yeah, I'll bet you have. We could be on this podcast forever. Maybe you should do a podcast and feature all the stories. There you go. go. (laughs) (laughs) So talk to me a little bit about the Fresh Life programme and in a nutshell, what it's about, what it it aims to provide uh, people who come through it with and you know we've just talked about a couple of case studies there but anything particularly about fresh life um, I think that'd be great for listeners to understand
1: yeah so quite a long time ago I kind of worked on a, a philosophy really a methodology of how do you take one person that's very very vulnerable and how do you get them to feel confident and have the resilience to move forward in their life and so and that is fresh life that is our process um, it started a long time ago where I was cooking in uh, hostels and I was realizing that um, that people needed something. Um, and it's not just their key worker or social worker or or even a parent that can do everything. They need something else. And, and it's about inspiration. It's also about, I call it an arm around his shoulder and a poke in the ribs um, all in one go. So, Fresh Life takes three weeks. Um, It's a process. So the first week is very much about well-being. It's very much about look, you are important. You are the most important person in your life. And if you can help yourself by eating well and living better, actually, you will find the motivation and energy to move forward. Um, And we immerse them in all sorts of activities. So the first day we put a a warm cup of um, freshly made soup and bread, and it's like a welcome. Um, we then cook them lunch later on where we use our, our signature dish which is a, uh, a cornish mackerel dish which has got a manuka honey and pomegranate dressing it's really vital it's not you know it, and it's about saying to them look food can can change you so we do that through demonstration but really what it's about is you're in a different place guys you know you might go to you might go to a homeless hostel down the road to help you but they're never going to give you this stuff you know come here every day it's going to be amazing um, and so, and and the next day they do another activity where they cook lunch with, the, you know, with the whole team and they sit down and have this amazing lunch, but they have cooked it. So every day has got something different and it's trying to inspire them. Um, it's, it does challenge them. So we do things that they're, they're uncomfortable about doing, but together we form a, a bond and we, um, and they develop trust for us. And, and then we start to share our ambitions with them, for them, and they start to develop their own ambitions. Week two is very much about trying to um, get them to think about what they're going to do. And to be able to do that, they need to work out what's wrong. And they need to say, well, this is where I need help and and support. And so week two is very much about that. And then week three is okay, you're you starting to think that you, you can move forward. What would you like to do? How would you do it? What will you need to do to be able to move forward. I think that's the week that you help us.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: You know, and thinking ahead of the game of what am I need? There's no point in saying to someone, okay, we've helped you now. Go and get a job. Um, Off you go. In fact, I wrote a book, as as you know, called How to Get a Job and Keep It because it's not that easy. And our society sort of insists on, oh, yes, we'll help you with, you know, we'll help you while you're vulnerable. But as soon as we tell you to, you better go and get a job and, and you better stay in it. Yeah, um, it doesn't work that way no and so we, we're we teaching people um what they're going to need to put in place so that when they do take that job on that they can succeed um so it's not you know this is not just a cv writing workshop fresh life it's a very life-changing experience and mm. um, we have now moved away from our formal year-long apprenticeship which was quite a brave move this year and we've replaced it with um, what we call significant work experience it's about four to six weeks of work experience mostly at brigade um working right around the restaurant and all the different things that we do there and then we tag it with an immersive week in 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 uh, in employment so that is with our employer partners where they get to work in and around and they visit lots of different employers um and then they'll move into um a you know a job and now normally we work in partnership with other charities and employers to find that job and there are plenty of jobs <laughs> right now um so this is not about giving somebody uh you know an employer a, a finished product so we can only work with people that get what we're trying to achieve and provide the opportunity to them so that they can um move forward with it. A good example of that is we work with Only Pavement Way, which is a charity, and also the Hilton. So Only Pavement Way is, is a bit like an employment agency uh, where you can apply, you know, if, if you've got vulnerable circumstances, you can apply. And then obviously they link up employers that are that are actively trying to support people. Um and Hilton's a great, a great example of that. We have also CSS and PWC are a great employees, but the Dorchester we've mentioned. Um, there's so many companies that we work with, but um, what the Hilton does is then gives them an an immersive week, so they come into one hotel, they look at the whole hotel, they're taken around, they run seminars, they help them with all sorts of various things, but then on the Thursday they can choose a department to work in, wow. and then and usually on the Friday they get a job offer. And, That's
0: amazing.
1: Yeah. And to date, with our with a, with our new regime, we've only done three cohorts. A hundred percent of people got a job, and a hundred percent of people are still in a job.
0: That so, is extraordinary.
1: Yeah. So this is that's that's Fresh Life. I mean, yeah, honestly, that is what Fresh Life is all about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it's It's um, you know I love Fresh Life. It's you know we've now run it because we're not doing it as an apprenticeship. It means mm. we can work with a lot more people. Yeah. So we're running it six seven times a year. Yeah. We want to increase that it's giving the charity because it's a different format it means that we can do so many other things so we're now reaching out to pupil referral units youth offending ministry of justice the care the care world um so people that are leaving care you know so we can we can just we can fill fresh life with a lot more and and work experience we can do a lot more because we're moving them through every four weeks yeah Uh, yeah so we're reaching and scaling ourselves
0: I think the other thing that, that occurs too in the in the shift in the way you're approaching fresh life now is that you're building a scaffold for them. So it's, it's not sort of like being in something for a long time. It's kind of going, okay, well, you've done this bit. Now it's time to stretch yourself more, maybe without us. Now it's time to go and work with an employer. Obviously there's support, but it's not about sitting within sort of fresh life for a long time or right. within the apprenticeship for a long time. It's about... Let's help you to understand how to actually work with employers, navigate all of those things, find out what you're great at. I love that idea of the Hilton. You know, you work everywhere and then you kind of go, I really like that bit. Can I go and have a go at that? It just goes back to finding your flow, doesn't it? Kind of doing more of what you're good at. And for these people, I guess it's been a long time since they felt they were good at anything. And this has really lit the lit spark for them.
1: Yeah, I should um, I should mention the word love because um, I haven't done yet. But
0: no, you haven't.
1: <laughs> but the one thing that people are lacking is that love and you know friendship and, and family. Mm. Mm. And and the one thing that Fresh Life does is this extraordinary thing where people come together and and start feeling they belong to something. We talked about exclusion, but but actually they belong, and that's a really important thing. Yeah. And so as they're moving through, they develop these deep relationships with us as well you know it's mm. um it and and that get that also helps them and i think it's um i actually think everyone should do fresh life i don't think it should just be for our beneficiaries and trainees i think yeah. i think everyone needs a little dose of fresh life in their in their world because oh, wow. you know our perspectives you know they do change and and we're f- everyone's full of pressure and we've you know we're marketed at all the time and you know there's you know we watch the news and it's just depressing and it's so easy to slip through the cracks of what what life is about
0: yeah yeah it it definitely is and and it happens all the time but especially after all the circumstances of the last uh, 3 years we're all I think everybody's trying to recalibrate and when work stuff out you know we've had this huge shift as you say some people have great support networks around them I'm I am absolutely blessed to have the most amazing family unbelievable friends and um you know while I wouldn't ever compare myself to some of the people you've actually talked about in their backgrounds there are times I've wondered how close I've been to that, mm. and being grateful for the fact that I had friends who would put me up, so I didn't end up, you know, being evicted or, or things like like yeah. that when I couldn't find work and and things like that. So you know, I've been um, inspired since we first met about what um, what you're doing, what your organization organizations uh, are doing. Talking to you and, and hearing your story just just feels like not enough time today, because mm. um, because I want to give you the opportunity as well to. Talk to us a little bit about what's coming up for you. This episode will go, go live um, on the 21st of December, 2022. So just before Christmas, it can be a very difficult time for some people. And then we're facing into a new year in 2023. So, what's coming up for you, for Fresh Life, for Beyond Food, for all of it? And what are you looking for? Was someone out there listening to this today? You know, what are you looking for to help? you or to contribute and, and and help you move forward
1: um well um if this is going out in december merry christmas everybody <laughs> <laughs> i hope you've got all your things that you need to buy your sausages and chipolatas and whatever yeah uh, so so uh that i would say that um listen we are we are going to you know, if we thought covid was bad don't even think about what's going to happen the cost of living yeah no, it's it is it is sure fit for people being forced into homelessness, people sleeping on friends' sofas, um, because they can't they just can't pay the bills, and the upset and upheaval that people when they can't pay their bills and they you know it's 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 horrid it, it's going to be horrid it's going to be really upsetting for a lot of people, and even if they do get to keep their places, it's gonna make it's gonna be hard so beyond food will mould itself as it did with covid and start to to help people through that and um particularly our beneficiaries but also i suspect that we will be flooded with with more vulnerable people that are unraveling um and we will be there for them so we've 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 created some shorter term um uh, programs to help people just for for a day to help them like okay, re- reset rethink refocus we will uh, probably brush off our covid program which was called made again and made again was all about going okay well things aren't going well how do you how do you rethink your life and how do you move forward from it um and we will we will do more fresh life of course um we will next year also we have some really big goals um so one of them is we're a tiny charity not many people know about us we've got to change that um, we've got to reach wider groups. So that is us going into people like the NHS, for example. So finding new people that way. Of course, finding new partnerships. We love partnerships. is definitely the way forward, working with more and more people. Um, and I would say also one of the things is our hardest challenges is getting referrals, which is weird because there's such so many people need help. Um, and I'm not gonna bang on about, you know, some of our partners that don't really refer very well to the job center and people like that. Um, so we will make ourselves much more mobile in twenty twenty three. So we've got this idea, we're raising money for it over the Christmas period. So and that is about we do a our cook up a conversation, which is our second day that I was telling you about in fresh life where we cook with people we're going to take that mobile and um and go out and cook with people and and find our own referrals as opposed to just be reliant on others yeah Um, and so that's really exciting and personally i i want to do a bit more of of sharing what we do and how we do it and so i'm looking at a couple of really interesting projects to, to help us do that one of them is going to be a food festival in the summer near London Bridge, where I'm going to find people that have unraveled but love cooking, and I'm going to teach them how to create their own food stall. Oh, wow. Micro business. Yep. Um, and help them transform that. So that's one, one project, and we're hoping to kind of document it on the film. So we're also looking at another town, not to do a restaurant, a brigade, but how I could help. Um, some other people in another place um, with with uh, something similar to brigade. So, really really interesting um, projects that you know will hopefully bring some awareness about what we're doing in London because we are our heart is in London. That's where we are based. We believe that we should for at least for the next three to five years is really concentrate on the city because that's where you know we we could easily go and take ourselves to different places, but we'd never never really be successful so London as our as our place.
0: Mm. And I think there's something really important you say there about not just knowing what you're about but being specific about where you want to make your impact it's kind of as you've talked about there is so much work to do right now right here mm-hmm. uh, so sometimes we can be drawn into a bigger Thing and then maybe we lose the feeling of actually what I'm not feeling now is that impact on real people people who will pop into brigade and say thank you for everything, people whose faces are on the wall, you know, the people that are real.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. our egos, you know, I'm a chef, so I have a fairly big, sizable e- ego, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but our egos sometimes will get the better of us. Um, so for us, saying, look we're a london-based charity therefore we're pan london it's still it's still massive yeah Um, you know so we're we're comfortable with that and that you know we did we have had visions of you know a brigade in every city and all that kind of stuff but you know it's i don't believe that's that's right for us but that doesn't mean we can we can't reach out and help others yeah. And that's what I'm referring to with that other that other project yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's about sharing what we do and and learning from it and and helping other people yeah. do something similar so that's what that's about.
0: Yeah. And also getting the word out about what you're doing and how you're doing it and the impact you're making and potentially inspiring others to come to you and go, we want to do what you do. How do we do it? Can you help us? Um, because as you say, we can't do everything. You know, there's, there's so much work to do here. But if someone comes along and says, look, I want to I want to do this in my own city or community or something like that. How, how do I do that? Who knows what will happen in the next three to five years? We've all been uh, no, no. away by the last three.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I know we'll be busy. Yeah. <laughs> in and around All of this, all of our programs, we've got a busy restaurant. It's got event space. It's got private dining. Yeah. We've got, we do our unique uh, charitable events with corporate. I mean, there's so much going on. Yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, I know one thing we won't be sat no. twiddling our thumbs.
0: If you were going to ask, you know, what, what are you looking for? If someone out there was listening to this, um, you've sort of referred to finding more referrals, finding more opportunities to reach people. Is there anything specific um, that you're looking for? Um,
1: well, I think just that, I mean, you know, if, you know, if organizations are out there that, that have got vulnerable people and unraveling, and when I say an organization, I don't care what organization it is, whether it's a public sector, third sector, or a corporate, or whatever, we want to help anyone that's unraveled, yeah, uh, feeling the sense of unraveling, and, and not knowing how to move forward. That's who we want to help. We don't care if they feel at the end of the, the tether, and they don't know where to move forward with. That's great. It might be that they've got addictions and they've got issues in their life that they need support on and moving forward, we, we will help anyone that is that is feeling that sense of unravelment. So referrals are really important. And particularly if you're an organization that you think you could partner with us and support us. So um that's not just financially, that's also in ways to, you know, that you could you could maybe you could um mentor, volunteer, maybe you've got services that we could use that that will help us move forward and scale and grow and help more and more people. Um, if you're in a job centre, or, or uh, then please look at your systems and, and advise people to come to us because we are Pan London and that's really, really important. Um, and if you're a corporate and you did want to partner with Beyond Food, uh, we're creating a very unique kind of club next year. Where there's like a two-way street kind of relationship going on. So that's yes, it's about sponsorship and specific programs, but there's a re- we've got this unique mechanism to kind of feedback and work with with each each sponsor. So um, if someone's listening and that that's interesting, then no no better way to change people's lives than to kind of work with a charity, not just throw money at it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We all I think we all have we all underestimate how much we have to offer and you talked about this sense of belonging and connection for these people and this love for people who are who are working with you to to sort of transform their lives and we forget that that's often the biggest difference we can yeah. make it's it's and, yes money is important but it's it's what we give it's what 100%. we give.
1: and one yeah. simple way of anyone helping anyone in a real sense is to come to brigade yeah. and, come and have a plate of food have a cup of coffee well, have a. Yeah. a have a pint or a glass of wine because you can meet the people every yes. single day changing their lives and so yeah. it's a very simple way to do it. Um, and it yeah
0: and it's very humbling when you understand the story and you you sit at the table and you know you, you know that's the story of the server or the people in the yeah. kitchen and you you interact with this person who has taken on transforming their life which is yeah. I think um more than inspiring i don't know what the word is so we've been we've been talking for a little while um simon all over the place uh um at the end of every podcast that i have with a guest is i ask for one nugget uh that you could leave building brand new listeners with today that they could implement tomorrow uh so we're an action-oriented brand it's not just all about brand it's about you do with it so what what sort of nugget would you like to leave for building brand new listeners today
1: well i'm going to give you uh something i'm going to give you a it's a lyric actually okay uh, but it's something that i live with every single day and that is happiness is not at the end of the road it is the road um it's by the greatest rock and roll band in the world marillion um i'm, I'm probably the only person in the world to say that i'm a massive supporter <laughs> of that band but i actually you know that idea that you know we can keep working towards that ultimate thing but we forget that every single day and and if if we can find a, some happiness every day actually happiness will will come to us and it's i think it's really important because we sometimes focus so much on the distant mm. um, and so yeah that's that's really important
0: fabulous sweet simple and we can put it in place for right now. If people were interested in uh, reaching out to you about partnering or referring or any of those sorts of things we've talked about. So we will put all of your contact details for all the various things in the show notes. But what would be sort of the best or fastest, most efficient way to get in touch with you? So
1: obviously there's
0: websites and all that kind of stuff. Yep. By far the easiest is to walk
1: through the door at Brigham yeah, can ask for me. Yeah, uh, because I'm usually there, and um, and the team are there. Um, if it if you want to have an event, um, then it's just get in touch with with um, with Beyond Food and um, via emails, which I know you're going to put up there on social yep. media, um, yep. and also Brigade, of course. Just DM me on uh, at Chef Simon Boyle across all social media, because out of everybody that works there and the whole team, I mean, they're all amazing but i am one of those people that will grab hold of an opportunity so if if you want to directly message me i will uh, gladly meet you and chat
0: yeah i would also add to that that you talked about sharing the story more you're a tiny charity and it this is this is also an opportunity to help simon beyond Food, uh, the brigade to really amplify their voice, you know, and really share the impact they're having in people's lives. So, if you are someone who can offer that kind of opportunity as well, I would encourage you to reach out to Simon. We have just scratched the surface in today's podcast. Um, Simon and I have had lots of other discussions. It's a fascinating story. You said you had an ego, but I find you a very um, humble person. Every time I've dealt with you, and your passion for making a difference in this world, and and leaving that kind of legacy that leaves people um, empowered and inspired by what's possible for them, I find extraordinary. And it has been an absolute delight to have you on the podcast. So I just want to thank you so much for um, squeezing uh, me into your busy schedule and and for just sharing so much about uh, who you are and what you do.
1: Thank you, Kim. It's been a, it's been awesome. And you have inspired our, all of our trainees this year. And I just want to say thank you to you. But getting the opportunity to talk and you know tell people a little bit about what we're doing is, is awesome. We are quite small, but we have great impact. And we work with, as I say, real people and, and make real change. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great Christmas.
0: Thank you. Yes. And uh, Merry Christmas from me. I hope you find some, some peace, some love um, and a, a, a little bit of hope. Look out for those joyful moments over Christmas. Be grateful for what you have wherever you are, um, no matter how, t- how tough the times are. And I look forward to wrapping up season five in episode 16, just before the new year. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Building Brand You podcast. I'm Kim Hamer, and if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. For all the latest news, hot tips, and special offers, you can become a member of the Building Brand You Facebook group. Just type Building Brand You into the Facebook search box and request to join. You'll also find me on LinkedIn where you can get your hands on my eight ways to build brand new for free and to receive exclusive content direct to your inbox and be first in line for upcoming events, sign up to the brand new unlocked newsletter. You'll find all of these links in the show notes. I help people to accelerate their success by unlocking their greatest asset if you'd like to find out how to unlock your reputation, your results and your impact, book a free 20-minute coaching with building brand new call at calendly.com forward slash Kim Hamer forward slash BBY chat. Accelerate your results by unlocking your greatest asset, you.